Hey guys, welcome back to the Boundless Voices podcast. This episode covers the second half of our interview with Mr. Tyler Miranda, where we discuss his novel, Eva Which Way. Make sure you've listened to part one in the previous episode before listening to this one. Okay, let's go. Throughout the book, Landon feels a clear sense of responsibility for Luke, even when Luke's actions confused or irritated him. So I have two younger sisters myself, and even though our situation at home is a lot more stable than what the De Silva boys have to go through, I could empathize with Landon a lot in how even though he can't always understand his brother, Landon worries not only about the well-being of Luke, but also about who his brother is growing up to be. We noticed that you dedicated the book to your own brother. What do you think the importance of sibling relationships is? And since the book compares Landon's way of raising his brother, as opposed to how their parents raise them, what is the role of older siblings? Siblings. I think the importance of siblings and, the, and the, the relationship that siblings have, it's very family dependent. I think families require different things of siblings and specifically older, like if we're, since we're talking about Landon's role, like older siblings, sometimes families require a sibling to be a caretaker. Sometimes family require a sibling to be an example. Um, sometimes to be a worker bee, then go to work and earn for the family. Like it really is family dependent. Sometimes older siblings are are left alone and kind of revered because there's some sort of future placeholder of expectation on that older sibling of what's going to be done in the in terms of the family dynamic later on down the line. Like, you know, so it's really dependent on the family. So specifically in Eva Which Way, it, it's interesting because you you note the difference between your your family and and the De Silva's and Obviously, and sad to say, they're they're the that ten percent truth that it's you know based on my family. You know that the silvers are <laughs> based on my family. So there was a level of galvanizing together against a common enemy, I guess, as kids, where you know you level of and and almost like unspoken understanding that you had between between uh, brothers, and you know I think Landon demonstrates that Luke doesn't necessarily say much about that but Landon does because we also get the benefit of being in his head that he wants to help Luke survive this and that's what their job is together is to to survive what he's realizing is not a very good and healthy environment and he knows his brother is unfortunately stuck there a little bit longer than he would you know have to be one of the things that Landon tries to do is to diffuse situations that Luke conjures. And Luke, you know, he wants to try and keep Luke to keep to get his, his head down and to, to not call attention to himself because if you if you call attention to yourself, you risk the ire of, of your of your fa- of, of whatever uh, negative forces can come your way. But Luke seems <laughs> he can't escape it, right? He's constantly creating attention. And this blows Landon's mind. Like this is antithetical to what we need to be doing for, for this sort of thick as thieves relationship that we have, that we understand each other. But what are you doing? You know, and he thinks his brother's mental, you know, right? in the in the local way, like mental, what's the matter with you? But the, the beautiful thing that, that I think I, I really wanted to show was that the moral compass in both these kids is so strong that Luke 
has his own reasons and trying to make the family better in his own way that it helps it helps Landon to be okay, like further okay with his brother and to and to respect his brother to see his brother in a different way that you know he's his his brother might not necessarily need saving so much as he needs an older brother you know just, just to be an example and to be there and to and to to help and and to do those things but it doesn't necessarily mean that, like he he finally sees Luke I guess as a good way as, as sentient you know as opposed to an adjunct of him or of his parents or this other thing living in there like he finally gets it that Lucas is sentient as well and and it's it's actually a pretty beautiful uh, understanding for a young person to to come to it was really nice to see the brother's relationship at the end and that sort of understanding and even like what Landon learned from Luke because I think the assumption is always that the younger siblings learn from the older siblings right. yeah I really like that Good. Oh, yeah I'm glad because yeah that's that is like the, the beautiful part about it is that the, the the moral compasses as well as the ethical ones that afforded both kids to to respect the other one too and that Landon finally came off his high horse if you will or his misunderstanding of you know that the assumption of maybe the burden and then that caused myopia on his part in order to to think that he that Luke was his to save when Luke is saving himself in the same way that Landon did and so that yeah and so to be able to see it and respect it that that was that that was on purpose and I think that's an important thing for not just older siblings to understand but for for young people you know that read and to understand and, and even older people to remember that that young people have perspectives too that can help you to learn like it, it doesn't mean just because someone's younger doesn't mean they don't have morsels of knowledge that that are going to help you in your life especially at like the beginning to to middle i found Lou's character like so crazy because he would just do things that just defied logic but what I appreciated was how like tension between characters kind of separates them and gives them depth. If like, if everyone was just harmonious and like, oh, Luke is my baby brother. It's like, he's less like a baby brother than like a bird, you know, who just, or Rosie who just sat there and pooped right. and stuff right. and, and ate. Right. I thought that that was like, it showed how well done like Luke and Landon's characters were by describing like the intricate differences in what right. they believed about reality and how to solve their problems. Thank you. That's that's the high praise. They definitely it's definitely in, important to show a young the younger character having something that the older character needed to round out the older character in in this sort of uh, coming of age education plot. That sparks another question for me yeah. because despite like the two brothers being like the main characters and despite how young they are the book deals with some pretty like adult themes yeah I guess like as an author what what was the thought behind that or was it just that the story had to be told the story always to me wasn't was more of an older story like an adult story and the, the the juxtaposition that I would draw is the difference between Mark Twain's the Adventures of Tom Sawyer and Mark Twain's The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Two very different stories. One very, very much for children, Tom Sawyer. Huck Finn, very much an adult. It deals with a with a, a teenage protagonist in, in much the same way that, that mine does with a preteen uh, antagonist. My story is definitely not a young adult story where the it, it's a coming of age story, yes, but it's dealing the the topics that it's dealing with are are definitely adult 
more adult themes, right? I mean, but in terms of choosing that, I think that was just the story that that was needing to be told. I think, you know, I mean, perhaps the the initial the initial ninety percent actuality that came out might have been closer to to a young adult type of story where, you know, it it would be it, it would be much more focused inward as opposed to outward. But Landon, being being the character that he is, is very observant. You know that 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 wide-eyed kid that you that you that watches things and knows and and learns vicariously and and picks and 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 chooses from his world. I think that that maybe the the difference is the the, the fact that it's it's less inward than than outward. And in the, the translation of the story into into this ten to ten percent actuality and ten percent and ninety percent truth, I think the telling of it became much more adult. And I think that's probably my bent anyway. Like I'm I probably angled more towards those types of stories anyway, because it affords me more of a chance to tell an ironic story, you know, one that looks like it's heading towards a disaster and it ends with a, a slightly more upbeat, whereas, you know, and, and then you have the opposite and I probably would, would gravitate to those sort of same types of stories. It's probably my worldview that that kind of skewed that. So, <laughs> so yeah, great question. I mean, it's really interesting to, to ponder those things. I liked how at the beginning of the book, you noted the dual meaning that Eva has in the Hawaiian language. It both describes the place Eva, but also encapsulates a quality of being ill-fitting and straight. Interestingly, I know that the reason why Eva is called Eva is because of the Hawaiian myth in which Kane, the god of fresh water, and his brother Kanaloa, the god of seawater. And while trying to create the boundaries for the Eva Moku, they threw a rock that ended up being strayed, Eva, or lost. First, what relevance does this dual meaning of the word Eva have for your characters in Eva Which Way? And secondly, what relevance do you believe that the story behind names impacts the identity behind a place, person, or family? So first of all, thank you so much for, for that story. Like, I didn't know the story of Kane and Kanaloa in relationship to Eva. That's super awesome. And I wish I could take credit for saying, look at this, like Eva, it's a story about two brothers. It's, you know, I wish I could say, I can't. But how cool is that? How, how like serendipitous is that? That's super awesome. Like no, adding on to fine. that, I was like, one is a brother, two is a story of two brothers, but also two brothers, but also like kind of a theme of like in concrete boundaries. So it's like brothers creating this in concrete boundary where it's like potentially yeah. infinite. Where does one end and the other begin, right? That idea of, and that there's, there's a very, very fluid relationship in that bound, like what you're talking about. It's, yeah, it's a fantastic image. I wish I could take credit for <laughs> that. I actually created it with that in mind. Like it dovetails nicely. I mean, <laughs> so uh, thank you. Thank you for, for, for uh, highlighting that. Um, that's awesome. But I definitely like in the, the, I, the word Eva definitely created the, the milieu of, of a beach for Landon where he just, he finds himself in a world that he feels ill-suited you know, and, and the images of, of straying, you know, like throughout the story, Leonard straying from his, the family he chose to create, Minerva straying from society's expectations of what, what a woman is supposed to be, Landon straying from the life that he finds himself, whether or not he wants to be here or not, Luke straying from the expectations that are placed upon him by his family. So all those, those, those aspects, I definitely wanted to show Eva as... I guess to, to have that within the characters, like to, to have that part of that translation into, into the story, like having that, those juxtapositions for sure. Thinking about that, I, I want to take a moment to like think about the, the book. 
like the, about which way, like it has a name too, right? Like the title, like, yeah, guys, I, I had so like, I had a, a, a working title. It was called the house of Luke. Like that was the, the working title for a long time. But it, when I got to the end, it definitely was not the title. Like I knew it was not the title that would not do what it needed to do. But thinking of ever which way, like it took me a long time to actually choose this. But the more I, I thought about it, the more I'm like, holy moly, this is definitely the title. So for example, the idiom every which way, right? Landon gets pulled and yanked and yanked in all these different directions, religious, school, family, social, like he's, he's yanked in all these different directions. And, you know, ironically, it's, it's the direction of choosing home, right? That's the whole irony of the thing is that he chooses to re-enter the storm, finally ready, finally having learned what he needed to, in order to ascend to the next, to the, to his, his the next place that he needs to be. So, and it, it was get going back and being the example for his brother and being there as brother, but he was finding ready finally for that family that, that he was trying, trying to escape. Second thing, like ever which way as a, as a, as a title and a name of something else ever, in the title itself, there's a question of location, which way you right? The idea of wherever is where. And so that was yet another connection to why. And I needed it's, he needs to know his place in this world. And that's where the coming of age story, right? That's the whole point of this, of this piece is him finding and discovering where he needs to be. And third in the title itself, you guys familiar with like metrics, like, like, um, sonnets, like there's a metric. Oh yeah. Meter mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. And, okay. So, so Eva, which way there's, it's a four syllables, right? Imagine two, two feet with two syllables each. Eva, which way it's an, I am followed by a, a trochee, right? So it's unstressed, mm -hmm. stress, stress, unstressed mirrored. I, I, I really, it really spoke to me the mirrored feet in that because the sort of conventionalism and and rebelliousness and i thought that that juxtaposition of those two ideas kind of like a wave it would goes up must come down sort of idea that the juxtaposition of of that in in the, the title itself was important because it's the, the clash of those of those traditional and progressive ideas like clash of good and evil the clash of expectation and versus freedom and independence I think that was important for me to put into the story. And so in just the title itself, I was wanting to evoke all those things. So getting like using that, I think names are super, super important. It's the why behind, behind people, behind identity. I think it helps to flesh out and round out who people are. Then just knowing what I just told you about this, about which way that, that, enriches it in, in some way, whether for better or worse. I mean, it, it hopefully enriches it, meaning it's, it, it, it makes it better, but um, it flushes it out so that you can see other pieces that may not have been visible before. And I think stories behind the naming of something, it's, it's the why, which means I, I'd like to say it's the, the, the flavor, it's the spice, it's the thing that adds the elements that bring the whole dish together. That's kind of what I think of, of uh, stories behind names. It's super interesting because Eva being like a Hawaiian word and a Hawaiian name, the culture of naming in, in Hawaiian culture is, is very like rigid and like mm. important. Like even right. the, even to ask someone their name, like, oh, vai koinoa, vai is the word that's 
the question word for name. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's not asking what is your name, it's asking who is your name. That it implies that that Inoa has a life of its own, or like name has a life of its own. Even Vai, it's like the connection between life. Vai was thought of as being something that gave people life, and the word name is something that has a life. And it kind of also implies that like it evolves. So, and it has different meanings, like with like bringing back to Eva Which Way, like it evolves as it goes on. It's like Eva Which Way is feeling, I felt like it kind of went from a feeling of being like lost and being super like frustrated to something that implied a journey, you know, maybe even the beginning of a journey at the end. Yeah, the, the idea of the, the second thing that I suggested was that like Eva Which Way, like it implies a like a placelessness, like where is it? You know, in, just in the, the wording of it, it's it's very like located where, you know, which way, like, I don't know where it is. And every which way the idiom is hiding, lurking in that title, which is, I, I really like it, hiding in there. It's not, doesn't it has, and it was like, am I going to name this every which way? No, I don't want to name this every which way. And I and I went back specifically into the moment where he was underwater, having having to figure out the current in order to to break free from the current in that, that nighttime scene when he's He's basically blind and running out of air. And it was, he realizes that he's sick and tired of being pulled in every which way. And I, when I, when I went, when I was reading through looking for a line that encapsulated, I'm like, holy smokes, it's, that was it. So I like the lurking idea of, of being pulled in, in so many different directions and like every which way. And yet, as you go forward, it's exactly that rebellious contrast to, to placelessness for him to survive, he has to pick a side. He has to choose something. And he, he gets direction. Through directionlessness, he finds direction. So it's kind of, that's that was the beauty of this of this particular title. It might be a little much to have put on it or to have decided, but I think it, it, it everything dovetailed so much when, when I stumbled upon it. I'm like, oh, this is this is definitely the name. It probably took me two months of during the revision process of pondering this particular this particular issue itself. But yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, even like when Nicole first approached me with this book, she was like, I really like the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's not cool. just like has a good meaning, but or like good thought behind it, but it's also just it's pretty. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. It's interesting. Yeah, that it's kind of there's more it's mostly euphonious, right? I mean, it's like a like a like the, the crest and the trough of a wave, you know, it's right, ever ever which way it it, it does flow. It's I did like that about the about the title as well. Um, okay, so wrapping up our okay. last question, we're always looking for new book recommendations. For sure. Are there any books that you would like to recommend for us? Okay, so would you guys like to know the books I was reading when I wrote the book? During the time of writing the book, one very I think it probably is the the biggest role is Blues Hanging by Lois Ann Yamanaka. Like that's probably the the biggest influence on this. Um, if you guys end up reading it, it's a very adult book, but it's it deals with stories set in Molokai. It's painful. It, I cry every time. It's but it's awesome. It's like it's super, it's super like moving book. And it's by a local writer, probably the, arguably the most success, successful commercial local writer that we had thus far. Wild Meat and the Bully Burgers, also by Lois Ann. I had read that before. But the structure of my my piece, uh, like each chapter, like I, I think Amber, you were suggesting like it had one one image and, and symbol and then it turned into a symbol and then it, it ramifies as you go through and you have to like 
keep going. It's like peeling an onion and getting to the to the middle of the onion. That's kind of how Lois and I like because I started off with poetry. My my writing chops come from understanding putting poetry like pieces of poetry together that you know you're getting to a point where you're trying to make a point or you're trying to create an image or you're trying to create an impression and you're, you're trying to move your reader in that way whereas we're going to fiction now we're talking about cause and effect like that's fiction fiction writing is this happens and this happens as a result this happens and you're trying to get to an emotional impact at the end of that so structuring my chapters were very poetic in that sense like I was building off of my understanding of poetry so that's why the imagery might be such like what you were, we were talking about where you know it, it changes and morphs and and keeps going so wild meat and bully burger does that much more so than blues hanging so that's where kind of wild meat comes in other books catch on the rye that was something that i had i was reading at the time and teaching as well so it was something that was heavily out there hamlet by shakespeare is another one adventures of huck finn it's another one that's you know the way i kind of drew the, the comparison earlier and here's a here's a good one for you guys i'm sure you guys know who he is rap replinger yes I, right rap replinger oh. the the from 1970s he he i mean poi dog with crabs all of his his stuff i actually did a paper in on uh, one of his one of his pieces in in college but yeah that's like the the local flavor um very rap replinger is, is huge in i guess my understanding of of humor as well so um, those are things that I, I was reading and consuming kind of on the regular as opposed to, you know, like I had other books that I was reading. I can't remember which ones else besides those, but those were like the big ones that were there and that I kind of went through and to, you know, learning because like I said, we're storytellers. So we learn and we from other people, like, how do you do that? How did you put that? Why did you choose to get rid of that article and leave it without an article in that sentence? For that image like oh wow that really worked though and you know, so you, you pick and choose and you start learning from from others so that's what i was i was doing at the time those are the books like i just finished uh its book by carl sagan are you guys familiar with carl sagan at all he's a he, astronomer uh very mm -hmm. like before neil degrasse tyson was carl sagan and carl sagan's not just it's just one of these he's a very like big thinker as well like he's a cosmologist like looking for humanity's place in the cosmos like looking at quantum mechanics like he had like very interesting stuff. So, I mean, I just picked up this book. Um, it was called The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. Like that's the whole title. So it's very interesting. I just put it out there. It's just a nonfiction book I read. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, and led me to read something else by Carl Sagan. So I'm reading, reading another thing by him. So then another one, a young adult, I'll give you guys a, a young adult novel, Taylor Before and After by Jenny Englund. A fairly, I think it's a two-year-old book. Young adult, it deals with, teenage the, the protagonist is teenage and there's a while well, she's just trying to fit in she's also uh, family deals with like a, a major event and she has to deal with pariahood and peer pressure and an injury and and the onset of of depression and so there's it's a very like real uh, situation and in, in just trying to be a, a kid there's opportunities to be heroic as well and so it's very very interesting it's a good read so the, the main character is a transplant like from the mainland to hawaii and so i think the, the author did a really good job of portraying the story from that perspective and being the honest and and fair and and respectful of the culture at the same time so it kind of dovetails nicely into what we were talking about before as well when you mentioned uh, your poetry background we actually yeah. just read on earth for briefly gorgeous by ocean vuong and mm -hmm. he's mostly like famous for his poetry that he did prior mm -hmm. to the novel. And 
we can see like the poetry structure in the way that he writes. It's very like artistic, but you can tell that he was very like thoughtful and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you mentioned how you structure how what I was saying before about like the structuring of sure. the chapters, like sometimes when I was reading it, I'd I'd read the first sentence and be like, okay, that's the thesis. Yeah. <laughs> I'd search for yeah. that like throughout the chapter. Yeah. It's a good way to write stories because like novels are like a compilation of like little mini instances mm-hmm. and little mini lessons and right. so when you have it organized like that it's like right. it's very thoughtful it's funny because I remember when I was writing it there were times like that I didn't want to be too on the nose like with like what you're saying like this is the thesis and here we go you know and like I, I wanted there's sometimes or because there's sometimes like he just says it you know like Tide gets everything out, you know, like, and, and you know, you, while well, it doesn't necessarily say this is going to, right now I'm going to argue about, about this, but the, the statement does lead you where you need to go. So I try not to be too on the nose, but yeah, you're right. There's the, the first, the, 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 it, the beginning image, did, there's a lot of times that it does. That's funny. <laughs> I specifically remember like this one that was like, everything has a breaking point. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, something's going to yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to find it's the, something bad is going to happen, yeah. right? It's going to bubble over. Yeah. It's yeah. like what stuck with you the most? Like what was the the moment or the situation or what stuck with you the most? I'm curious like for both of you. Like what was the the moment or or the issue or the like could be even just a line, it could be an image, could be like what was that which stuck with you from the novel that is you're going to like is still with you and and it'll continue going. For me, it comes it comes very quick to mind. It was the father's character, but not just like the father's character, but at the very beginning and how he was so nurturing and how he saved the cat <laughs> and they were like best friends and how he had a friend on his little on his little radio. Right and now. then from that point on, you just see his like regression. And I feel like that's the most tragic thing you can observe in a character is just seeing them be somebody who's like capable of love and able to build things to a person who's succumbs to alcoholism and basically only like action is like to destroy and destructive it was always the brother's relationship that stuck with me the most like especially at the end when they really do start to understand each other Mm -hmm. yeah it was just really impactful to me seeing them come to that understanding kind of as we were saying like the solidarity the solidarity that they had like almost against the violence that was happening in their right, family right. for me as as writer it's very satisfying when like something you you write re- regardless of whether novel or poem i mean but it's really it's really gratifying when like there's impact you know emotional mm-hmm. impact like and and these are just you know these are things that i built into the story and it's not necessarily even the point of landon's journey but these are things that are, that are like impactful and and they mean something to to both of you so that, that's really awesome i i'm i'm that makes me happy like when when people like tell me things like about the story that that make that have stuck with them and that means something to them that's that's super awesome yeah and it's interesting how we kind of took away different things mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i mean i know nicole you're you're really close with your sisters so i could imagine mm-hmm. like why why you could relate to like luke and landon's relationship and yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank yeah. you so much for Thanks having so me, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much, both of you. This has been awesome. Awesome. I'm really glad that, uh, one, you enjoyed the book. Two, that it 
that you connected with the book and that it that it had resonance for you. Thank you for connecting with Bamber Ridge and congratulations, Nicole, on and for your your summer internship. Is that right? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. man, that's awesome. Congratulations. That's thank you. You're getting started way earlier than 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 I ever did. That's that's super cool, man. Yeah. Thank, thank you so right. much. Of course. Thank you guys. Take care. You See too. You. Okay. Bye. Thank you.